0: daily live coverage begins monday may 20th stream it now with tennis channel plus to be there when it happens
1: hey everybody welcome to the mini break a cracked rackets and tennis channel production your daily pod for storylines results and controversy in the tennis world Today is Thursday, January 16th, and we're here to talk about everything from dramatic college matches to early Australian Open reads. Today's mini-break is brought to you by Diadem, the Florida-based brand making waves in the tennis world. Uh, From apparel to rackets to anything else you may need, diademsports.com is the place to go. Uh, go there and use our exclusive promo code CR50. That's CR50 to get 50% off all rackets, strings, and bags. Uh, you get a phenomenal deal, and if you haven't checked out their site before, you really should. It's uh, it's top tier stuff that they've got to offer. But uh, without further ado, we really got to get into the tennis. And uh, to help me do so is my Wednesday regular making the Thursday appearance. It's Mastikoyak. Matt, how's it going? What's going on, Jamie? I'm fired up, man. We got a lot of good stuff to talk about. We do. I don't think I can keep calling you my Wednesday regular if we show up on just random days throughout the week. I don't know yeah, if it works like that anymore.
2: Yeah, we may we may just have to cut that.
1: We started we started that was our humble roots would be Wednesday, but uh, now we've graduated onto just well any other any other day that uh, the team needs us. But now it's good stuff. Glad to be on with you today. And like I said in the very beginning, you know some of the some of the things we're going to talk about, we're really spanning. The whole sort of walk of the tennis world here. Let's start with the college side. I know this is exactly what you were streaming before we hopped on the pod. Listeners, as you know, we record the night before. Um, So some great Wednesday night matches in the college sphere. Matt, you take it away. I know you were giving me the play-by-play over the phone while I was driving, but yeah, tell me about it. What were you seeing?
2: <laughs> yeah, man, there were a couple of good ones. So obviously, I mean, the real big one, number one, Florida at home taking on the defending champs, Texas. Um, just a crazy match, man. I mean, the doubles point went the way I thought it would. Florida was able to get that. But, um, you know, for Texas to come back down one and win the top five courts in singles with three frown- Freshman in the lineup, by the way, uh, for Texas. They graduated like four starters from from last year, so um, a new lineup, and and they won courts one through five in singles. The only the only singles match that Florida was able to get was at at court six, um, wow. which was also a freshman. Blaze Bicknell came through for Florida and was able to win down there. But yeah, five-two win overall for for Texas, and I just I didn't see that match going that way. I mean, Florida, so much talent, so much depth. Um, Texas lost so much from last year you know I I, and at home in Gainesville you know the crowd on their side I just wasn't expecting it I called Florida in that one for sure so uh, what a way to start off the college season man
1: yeah, I mean, that's incredible, right? You go you go into the home courts of the number one team and you pull off a win like that. I mean, that's impressive in and of itself. So, um, no, you said it all right there. And uh, give me your takes on the other match. I know we had a phenomenal one in NC State and Michigan.
2: Yeah, yeah, that was a good one too. A little more under the radar. Um, you mm-hmm. know, most people were probably tuned in to Florida, Texas for obvious reasons. But sure. yeah, no, up in Ann Arbor, um, NC State was able to, you know, get up there on the road and, and pull off another stunner. So they were able to win fourth, three, Similarly, um, Michigan won the dubs point and we're looking pretty good early in some singles matches. Um, but, you know, it all came down to court five there at the end. And uh, Robert Turzak for NC State was up like 5-2 in the third set. It, it looked like it was going to be a runaway. Um, and then Brown for Michigan was able to come back. They they got into a tiebreaker and it was just back and forth, back and forth. And uh, Terzak was able to pull it out. It, for a while, it seemed like, you know, which guy wants it less because they were just making some errors on, on easy balls. You know, they were coming up with some great shots, but then, you know, the point after that, you know, we'd throw in a double fault or we'd miss an easy volley. So, um, definitely an interesting match and, and a big, big result for NC state to go up there, you know, indoors, Michigan obviously plays well at home, you know, indoors. So, um, Interesting match, I will say, Jamie. I did call upset alert on that one. So, so Gruskin and I, along with Chris Hallioris, um, we have a little group chat going, and we've always, <laughs> you know, we're talking about this stuff. And I told him yesterday, I said, "Look, NC State, that's upset alert at Michigan." Gruskin wanted no part of it, of uh, but you know what? Turns out, uh, I just, I had a feeling. I think State has a better squad uh, than a lot of people think this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, you, you talk about it. A lot of things in that match, but particularly on um, that clinch match, just a lot of momentum swings. And, you, you know, you mentioned some of the sort of changes between phenomenal points and then seeing the nerves creep in. I remember when you were talking to me, that double fault at 4-5 in the breaker. Um, you know, really just, you really, uh, sort of nailing the coffin there, but needless to say some great college matches, congrats to, uh, to you for calling it. And, uh, well, Hey, Gruskin, sorry, sorry, chief hate to say, yeah, uh, sorry, but, man. <laughs> <laughs> NC state over Michigan in that one, but, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, hop over to the professional side. Uh, we got both WTA and ATP action to cover. Um, we're going to start on the women's side. Um, in Adelaide, there's also some, some men's action here as well, so we'll flip there right after we go through and just talk about some of the, uh, some of the results that we've seen, at least some of the uh, more recent ones. Um, I think one that we got to start with. So Well, there's a couple. We'll start with one here first. I know Gruskin's a huge Benchich fan. Um, wins 7-6, 7-6 over Georges to get through the round of 16 and into the quarters. Benchich, somebody that we've talked about for a while, somebody who can really hang with the top names, What are you looking for for her, you know, not only just first major of the year coming up, but 2020?
2: Yeah, no, she's a top-ten player. I mean, talent-wise, there's no doubt about it. You mentioned Gruskin loves, you know, her and and her game. I I agree with him. I mean, she's very talented. She can compete with anybody in the world. Um, You know, it's just tough. I mean, to to say that, yeah, you know, she should win a slam this year or, you know, go that far, it's tough, right, because there's so many... So many contenders on the WTA tour, and I feel like we talk about this every year, but it really is true. I mean, there's so many different players that have a chance to go deep in majors and possibly win majors, and mm-hmm. and Bencic is one of those players. Um, but with with that much parity, I mean, it's just it's tough to say. You know, we're gonna have to get into it, see what the draw looks like, see how the first few rounds you know break down. Uh, but this win over Gerges is good, man, because Gerges can you know she can really play too. She's got a big serve. Big forehand, um, and and to win two tiebreakers like that, um, six and six, it's it's a positive result. Definitely going into the Aussie.
1: Yeah, I agree with everything you said, everything you said there, Bencic, Like you said, top ten. She's slated at seven right now, so um, definitely within striking distance of any of the majors. I would say, truthfully, um, and you know we've seen what she can do against the biggest names, and so really it's just going to come. Uh, come to see what she can do when it comes to the biggest stage, right? Um, and, you know, I, I'm not worried about that. I'm I'm definitely one, and Greskin will appreciate this, but this is somebody I'm definitely pushing to see. To see, I want to win, I want to see her win a major. Um, you know, I think look WTA we've seen a lot of things where it's not the same thing where there's three people there are three people who just dominate it all the time Uh, it's a little bit more of a mixed bag and then for a while there's one person who dominated pretty much all of it right (laughs) Um, and so this is a little bit different in this sense and so it's kind of nice right you have people who are seven in the world you're like yeah realistically for sure Benchich could win that
2: yeah, yeah, no doubt. I mean, she's right up there in the mix. Um, I, I, I would like to see her win one as well. It's just you know we're gonna we're gonna have to see because there are there are going to be a lot of contenders. I mean, when you look at it, the Osakas, the Halops, the Kavitavas, the Kerbers, the Serenas, the andrescus I mean, there's so many um, Plishkova. I mean, we could you know we could go on and on about you know all the contenders. So um, she's up there in that mix, and and we'll see see how she can
1: do when when it's crunch time. For sure. Well, like you said, a great 6-6 six and six win for Bencic. Um, on the very much flip side of this, one I got to call out. Um, interesting, Vondrasova getting an 0-0 win to get into the quarters over Rodianova. And let's remember, too, I can't remember if I was recording with you or Gruskin, but just not long ago, Rodianova took out Sloan Stevens 2-2. Two and two. So we're seeing some very polarized results here. And, I mean, I, we can talk about what that means for Sloan Stevens. I know Gruskin and I went in, into that sort of conversation in length. But for Vondrasova, I mean, if for anybody to get an 0-0 win, but in a round of 16 match in a tournament like this, I mean, <laughs> all I have to say is wow.
2: Yeah, it's a bit odd. I mean, it's it's noteworthy just because of that 0-0 score. We don't right. see it a lot, but um, you know, it look it happens sometimes. I mean, you know, things obviously weren't going the right way, and you know, I. It is what it is. I mean, nobody wants to see the double bagel up there. It, it looks so bad as, as, a, as a score, but, um, you know, it is what it is. I don't think it's the end of the world. You know, sometimes y- you just, you don't have it that day. Nothing's working. Um, you know, there, there's always another tournament.
1: You know what? I think I lost 0-0 my first USTA tournament ever, so you yeah, know, it's me t- all right. Me too. We bounce, We bounce back. I think We've all been happens. there. But, um, no, I don't expect that next from Vondrasova because she's got to play Ash Barty next in the quarter. So not expecting the same scoreline there at all. Um, in terms of some other great matches coming up, Halup is taking on Sabalenka in the quarters um, as well as Bencic going to be taking on Danielle Collins. So a lot of good action to look forward to in Adelaide. Um, on the women's side, but also on the men's side, there's been some great stuff too, so I, I definitely want to uh, discuss that as well. I think one that we've got to touch on for sure, um, the American Tommy Paul, um, looking good down in Adelaide right now. He's one who Gruskin and I talked about, and the, the draw sort of broke for him so that he was going to play Cuevas, and this is one I was excited about because I had seen how Cuevas was struggling a little bit in ATP Cup, and I was talking to Gruskin, and I was like, man, I like this. The way Tommy Paul's looking, the way Cuevas sort of – not looking pretty much Tommy Paul goes out and beats him one and two how's that for a win yeah, yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I
2: think this can be a big year for Tommy if he stays healthy, if he stays focused. Um, Cuevas, obviously a veteran of the tour, right? I mean, this guy's been around forever. He's seen mm-hmm. it all. He's played on the biggest stages. He's had great results. He's been ranked highly. Um, so yeah, no. I mean, to go out really in any circumstance and get and get a win, a convincing win like that uh, for okay. Tommy. I mean, I I think it's only you know it, it's gonna it's gonna boost the confidence. There's no doubt about that. So yeah, positive result. I'm looking. For
0: Daily live coverage begins Monday, May twentieth. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens.
1: Yeah, and another guy who looked real good too, Andre Rublev. Not surprisingly, getting a convincing win over Query there, three and three, um, puts him through to the quarters. And you know, Rublev Rublev's looked very good as of late, and in his quarterfinal yeah, match. He'll be going up against a guy who was really hot and my guy that I was very impressed with coming out of the ATP Cup, Dan Evans. That's a quarterfinal match um, slated to go on tonight, so hopefully we'll get results on that here pretty soon. Um, But, I mean, in that matchup, I think Rublev, obviously, going into that as a favorite, but... um, I think that could be a really good match.
2: Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, Rublev, we know what he's going to bring. I love watching him play. He just has that firepower. He's going to absolutely rip the ball. Evans, you know, he'll use a little more variety, especially off that backhand side. He doesn't Mm -hmm. mind coming into the net, so um, you know, a bit of a a style clash there in a way, Um, but, but Evans has the tools to really pose some problems if he can take Rublev out of his game of just smashing balls from the back of the court at the baseline,
1: yeah, and I mean, I think look if you're Evans, right? His game plan is I mean, we know his game, right? So we know what he's going to try and do, but in terms of being able to throw off the Rublev rhythm, um, I think it's possible, right? Dan Evans plays a different game, uh, will come into the net, can neutralize some of that huge power that Rublev's going to be using, um, you know, not letting him just get clean looks by you know putting pressure on him at the net. Um, slice approaches, you know, we, we know what Dan Evans brings to the table. So no, I think that one's going to be a really good quarterfinal clash. My, uh, my other quarterfinal, I definitely want to watch. I know we mentioned Tommy Paul earlier so uh, of course we're gonna be biased to the young American man. I mean, come on, we gotta be. Uh, he's taking on Ramos Vinolas, uh also slated to go on tonight. So um, I know that one's interesting. Ramos Vanolas, another guy who's veteran of the tour. What do you think about that matchup, just on paper?
2: Yeah, no, I mean on a hard court, I I, I like it for Tommy. I mean Ramos obviously Spanish clay court would prefer mm-hmm. the clay. And now Tommy, to be fair, Tommy's actually also a great, a great clay player. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he really is. He's a great clay court player. But I think I think the surface. Uh, um, I think I think it's a good matchup for Tommy. Obviously, Ramos-Vanolas being a lefty can pose some problems. Um, you know, they're both consistent players. I think Tommy's just, his footwork is better, though. He's faster around the court, um, you know, more athletic. So I, I, I think there's a solid chance, you know, Tommy can, if he continues to play the way that he's been playing, um, I, I like him in that matchup.
1: I really do. Yeah, I mean, that's a good matchup. And, you know, outside of that as well what a good opportunity for this draw to just break open for him right I mean this is a quarterfinal match um you know say he gets through this then he's he's playing the winner of Karina Busta and Harris again not a match that he's by any means out of so I mean realistically this 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 bracket's opening up quite well for him yeah, no, there's no question about it.
2: Hopefully, he's he's not thinking about that, and he's just True. looking one match ahead, um, you know, because that's the biggest mistake you know he could make as a player. Now, obviously, we get to do it all the time. That's fun for us. We get to look ahead, um, but as as long as he's focused on Ramos, yeah, no, I mean the the opportunities there for him to make a run. So I'd love to see him do it. I mean, how great would it be if he somehow won Adelaide, like leading into the Aussie? Yeah. How, I mean, that would just be what a start to the year. That'd be a great great start to 2020 for Tommy. I'd love to see it.
1: Yeah, you know, Tommy, if you're listening, sorry, that one's on us. Uh, We don't mean to put that in your head. So uh, just keep the head down and focus. All right. But uh, no, for real, it would be a great start to 2020. No doubt about that. Um, and yeah, I mean, if he can build on that and who knows what's up with him for 2020, especially if he can do this on the hardcore, then get to where he's super comfortable in the clay. I mean, yeah, the, then, then 2020 really just breaks wide open for him, but, um, no, a lot of fun stuff happening there in Adelaide. Of course, you know, make sure you're, you're staying posted there with the American men, particularly Tommy Paul at this point. Now that queries out, um, some great action there. Let's go ahead and hop over to Auckland where there's some, also some ATP, uh, matches going on over there. Of course, they had the women playing Serena take the title not long ago, uh, but now the men are on court. Um, and really, there's been some great play over on this side as well, um, both American and non-side. Of course, we're biased, so we're going to talk about the American matches we've seen. One we got to call out right away, that round of 16 match between Isner and Sandgren um, in classic Isner fashion, couple of tie breaks, right? So Isner takes it 7-6, 6-7, 6-3. I mean, John Isner, this is one where we've talked about John quite a bit, of course. I mean, look, he's somebody we know so much about, right? We know about his game. We know what he's going to do. But what we don't know really, and I guess to be fair, what we don't know about a lot of people, but I think maybe less than some, I don't really know if I have a clear expectation of him in 2020. Do you? I mean... For me, it's just more of the same, right? I
2: mean, he's had good years. I-, I think I saw a stat recently where John Isner is like one of three players along with Novak and Rafa to win like 30 30- Matches on tour in the last three years, for each of the last three years. Um, not even not even Fed was able to do that because he missed like half of 2016, remember, with the injury. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, you're talking about Isner, Joker, and Rafa as the three guys to win, you know, at least 30 matches on tour over the last f- few years. So, I mean, that's that's what I'm looking for, just more of the same. I mean, I, I'm not going to sit here and say, you know, uh, John Isner's going to win a sl- um, or I'm not going to go that far, but I think you know, just stay stay on routine for what he typically does, and um, if he can just manage his body, manage his schedule. I mean, that that, that match against Sandgren. I watched a good bit of that, and it was it was your typical John Isner match, right? I mean, yeah. just hold and serve. It, it, it was a very typical Isner match, which is good for him. That's when he's comfortable, and now um, he's actually on court against Kyle Edmund right now. He is up a set um, against Kyle Edmund, so again, he wins that first set tiebreaker. He's feeling good. Um, I mean, I like where he's at. Now, obviously... You know, we'll see when he gets to the slams because that's that's where you know if he can go deep quarters, you know, possibly even a semi of a slam. That's that's when we're really going to get excited about him. Um, you know, if he if he shows up to uh, Melbourne and and you know has like a second round you know exit there, then eh, I mean that's that's not what we want. So I don't know. I, I think he's fine. Everything that I've seen in 2020 with Isner has been, you know. Good. Okay. I'm, I'm fine with it. Um, I don't really have any complaints so far. So, um, you know, like I said, as long as he can manage himself throughout the year, because he is getting older now. I know he has, I think, a couple of kids um, or at least, you know, one on the way. Um, you know, th- that could be tough, just managing, you know, everything in his life. But I think he can do it.
1: Yeah, he's 34. He's a real adult now, right? Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. No, but John Isner, the four seed in this one. As you said, he is on the court. Looks like he's up 30-11 this game um, while Edmund's serving, so maybe gets a break there, but nah, don't want to jinx him. Probably just did. Sorry, John. Uh, but, you know, we'll talk about the other top seeds as well in this one because um, two of the top three seeds in this one have fallen already. Um, one of them to Feliciano Lopez. That was Lopez taking out Fabio Fognini, 3-6, six, six, 4 six, 3 um, And then also, we also had Hachinov fall to Milman. Four, six, six, three, six, three. So really all we've got left is uh, Dennis Chapavala of the number two seed who took out fellow Canadian uh, sell six, four, seven, six. So really this draw, I mean, gosh, you got the one and three seeds out now. You have some people who probably weren't expecting to be in the quarters moving that way. Um, I mean, look, for Fabio Fernini... Yeah, Lopez is, is. Maybe he's riding the high from Spain. Um, you know, he was out there playing, playing some great competitive tennis for um, the team. I think for Fonini though, we just haven't seen what we need to from him so far.
2: Yeah, and it's it's Fabio, right? Don't we say this yeah, every yeah. year? I mean, I mean, he's he is <laughs> he's a joker, man. I mean, he's just crazy. You know, sometimes he shows up, sometimes he doesn't. He does what he wants. That's Fabio. So, I mean, to me, this loss—it's not that big of a deal. Feliciano—I mean, he's a tough matchup, right? I mean, he's gonna mix in the serve and volley. He's a lefty. He serves really well. He's going to chip that backhand. Try to chip and charge. Um, so, it can be a tough matchup. And you know, I, I, Fabio just—he engages when he wants to. <laughs> yeah. um, so, you know, it, we'll see if he—if he gets to the majors and you know. St- steps it up, then that's that's what he needs to do. Um, you know, he obviously can't have too many losses like that, but you know, it, it seems like he always racks up enough points every year to stay in the mix.
1: Yeah, well, fair enough. But it was just interesting, too, because, you know, I was a little disappointed in, you know, what I saw from him in ATP Cup. He got the win over John Isner, but had a really bad loss against Casper Rude, 6-2, 6-2. Just then had a really weird match against Medvedev. Came out and won the first set 6-1, and then only won four more games and lost it. So, Um, just, just some weird inconsistency, but inconsistency, but yeah, I mean, what do we expect at this point? Right. It's funny. We, uh, (laughs) we know, we know what he does and how he plays. So, um, not too surprising in that one. I think really the, the, the bigger, as you would like to say, head scratcher is hatching Um, really just haven't seen what we need to from Hashanob yet. I mean, I think Rublev's still making the point that he should have been the one there in ATP Cup, or at least trying to prove it. Maybe he's still got that chip on his shoulder, like, ah, it should have been me. Um, like, I wanted to be up and, and have that higher ranking. But, yeah, Milman taking him out in three sets here. I mean, of course, Milman's a tough out, especially, um, you know, on a little bit of home soil here, uh, or at least close to it, right, um, New Zealand. So, Certainly closer than uh, Hatchinov's hometown. So, um, nonetheless, right? Milman's a tough guy, especially on these hard courts in these sort of conditions. Um, But certainly, Hatchinov's the favorite here. And, you know, I'm just a little worried about Hatchinov's confidence going into the bigger tournaments like the Australian Open.
2: Yeah, and he struggled a bit last year too. Remember, we were talking about him like, hey, you know, we expected more from Karen Hatchinov last mm-hmm. year. Um, and he didn't, you know, probably he didn't deliver to our expectations. Right. Um, and, and I don't think we had unrealistic expectations for him. I mean, the guy's huge, he, he's massive, he can crush the ball, super talented. Um, and again, in a matchup like this with with Millman, you know, you would just think that Hatchinov would be able to use his serve, um, dictate, you know, know, play and, and be able to, you know, I don't want to say blow Millman off the court. That's that's almost impossible to do, but just just be aggressive and, and go out and win that match as, as Hatchinoff should have. But you mentioned it, Jamie. I mean, Millman is always a tough out. This guy does not take a point off. So, you know, if you're not quite there... That's when Millman's going to step in. He's not going to beat himself. You know, you have to beat him. And, and again, if you're just a little bit off, um, he'll be there to pounce on it. So
1: that's that's really what happened here. Yeah. Well, you mentioned Hatchinov's 2019, perhaps a uh, a bit of a case of the post Paris Masters curse. Maybe I don't know if we're still. Yeah, I don't know if I'm we're not, still I'm playing not, I'm, that you, theory. You know, I'm not buying into <laughs> that. But, I don't know. Well, there's um, at least two of them with Hachnove and Sock. So yeah. I mean, Two doesn't make it, but uh, I don't know. Maybe there's. I'm still holding on to it. For well, a bit, I but... don't think
2: Jack Sock even plays tennis anymore, so at oh, least right.
1: Nadal is, you know. Yeah, don't I give mean... him that. But no, it's a yeah. It's, I'm not. I'm not. Uh let's say, I'm not convinced enough to say it's the equivalent of the Madden curse, but um, you know, there's, there's some stake in it. Let's put it that way. Um, no, I mean, look, Hachinov, um, he did fine. He did all right in the ATP cup, got some wins, got the wins he was supposed to, but then, you know, lost to seven six uh, 7-6 in that match against Serbia, which um, I think was a surprise. He was the favorite for that one, of course. So, I mean, I think he's just one of those guys who, you know, having a loss like this just really is not helpful for him. But um, needless to say, uh, he'll have a lot more opportunities. We're still very, very early in the year. Um, and you know, a result like this at Auckland, really not that big of a deal when it really comes down to it. Um, the other quarter, there's another quarter left to be played. That's Shapovalov is going to be taken on Umber of France. Um, Shapovalov obviously going to be the favorite in that one, particularly how he's been recently. I mean, how impressive has Dennis Shapovalov been?
2: Yeah, he's been awesome. I mean, and again, this is a real opportunity for both of these guys. You know, we mentioned the draw opening up a little bit with Hatchinov losing as well as uh, Fabio Fognini. So, um, I you know, I'd like to see Umber make some noise as well. I mean, this is a guy that's hovering around 50 in the world. I believe he's at like 57 right now or so. Um, but, but I want to see him this year take a jump. Just stay in the top 50. We've seen him make runs before. Um, so I, I, I'm hoping that we can see a little bit more out of him, but Shapovalov has been playing as well as anybody in this early 2020. So to be honest, Jamie, it wouldn't shock me if he wins, wins Auckland. Um, You know, right now in, in current form out of everybody that's left. um, I I mean, I'd probably have to, to go with Dennis Shapovalov to win the tournament, but you know, anything could happen.
1: Right. I mean, look, he's the highest seed remaining. He's looked really good. Um, you know, Isner's in a bit of a battle at the moment, right? Yeah, I think I think Dennis Shapovalov's a smart bet on this one. But um, I guess only time will tell. Uh, listeners, by the time you're, you're paying attention, this match will probably already uh, be decided. The Isner one I'm referring to. And then, of course, Shapovalov and Umber as well as they're slated to take the court here. Oh, in about 30 minutes or so. But um, lots of good action in both Adelaide and Auckland. Um, I know I'll be looking forward to it as well. Seeing what sort of things uh, come out of the tournament, of course, they shape the way we think about the Australian Open, sometimes incorrectly, right? You know, we see one result and... Uh, we're like, oh man, it's not looking good. And they come out and surprise us in this Australian open. So, um, I always try to not, uh, put too much stake into these tournaments, but at the same time, I mean, we've also seen some people gain some real confidence out of these first tournaments.
2: Yeah, they're important, man. They really are. I mean, you can build momentum. You can go into the slams feeling really good about your game. Um, you know, they, they may not be, you know, masters thousand events or even ATP 500, but, but they're still important. I mean, I, I, I put stake into, into all of these.
1: Yeah, and I think one thing too, and of course, ATP Cup helps a little bit with this as well, but really just getting used to the environment, right? Because, man, I mean, especially coming out of the offseason and, you know, people are coming from all over the world, truthfully, especially for the for the Australian Open at the beginning, man, the conditions can be rough sometimes, um, and that can really throw players for a loop, especially this year. I know I'm sure we'll talk about it many times, but um, with the Australian fires and now the smoke that's impacting, you know, I'm sure you've seen things on social media, and if you haven't, um, go ahead and take a, take a stroll around tennis Twitter and, and Google some things because there have already been quite a few incidents out of the qualifiers, people retiring, ball boys, um, collapsing. So it's, uh, it's, it's going to be a dramatic one. And so just once again pushing the fact that if you can get down there and get probably get used to the conditions at least somewhat, um, probably a good thing for you. But, uh, I mean, yeah, Matt, do you have any takes on the smoke in Australia and for the Australian Open to see, to see any worry there?
2: Yeah, I mean, I hate to see it. Obviously, it's it's devastating. You know, you don't want to see that happen to any country, um, especially one as awesome as Australia. So I just, I, I hope that it doesn't affect the tournament. I mean, obviously, you mentioned it's already affecting, um, you know, quite a few people down there. I just, I hope they can have a smooth, you know, two weeks in Melbourne um, and that, you know, nothing too serious happens just because I, I'd hate to see that um, um, but on a more positive note, Jamie, I do want to give one quick shout out to J.J. Wolf um, in the in the qualifying uh, down there in in Melbourne. He won his first match um, in in yeah, a Grand time. Slam qualifier. So the former Ohio State Buckeye, now professional, J.J. Wolf is um, playing some good ball. So you know, yeah. I, I'd like to see him qualify, get in there, and um, you know, just continue to improve his ranking because I, I think yeah. he's rising big time. So good for J.J. Oh, yeah.
1: Well, I mean, look—we've seen how well he's doing. Gruskin and I were talking about this on the last pod, but um, you know, he came out and won that challenger, right? Beating Segita six-two-six-two in the final, so convincing. Comes out today, and like you mentioned in the qualies, wins six-four-six-two. This guy's just on a roll right now. So tomorrow, or listeners today for you, he'll be taking on Troncelli. So um, or Troncelli, excuse me. So he's he's going to have a tougher match at hand, I believe. But man, in the form that he's been in, there's no reason. There's no reason he can't... I mean, he can't come out with this again. Oh, for sure.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's... I think... I mean, talk about a second round, you know, qualifying match in Australia. That's a good draw to me. I, I, yeah. I like him to win that match. Trungoliti. I, I think a bit more of a clay quarter. I think he's from Argentina, yeah. right? Yeah, um, Yeah, exactly. So, uh, more of a clay court type guy. I think JJ just playing super aggressive. serve forehand. Um, I like him in that one.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Well... I guess only time will tell once again, but now of course, we're going to be rooting for anyone like J.J. Wolf down there. Um, so once again, one of the young American guys, and it's, uh, you know, of course so cool for us to somebody who we talked about in college ball now get to say talking about him down in Australian and, you know, I, I don't know it just makes it all come full circle right because not only are we just talking about different different sort of silos of tennis but really connecting the dots and, and start to talk about you know college as a legitimate path to the pros um, so the more and more evidence we have to back that the uh, the more fun it is for us too and when we're, when we're really tracking these guys through college to see like hey how can these guys make a splash? Um, when they get into the big leagues, right? When they get on the ATP tour, um, as they're grinding through the challengers to get there, now they're in the qualities of majors. Then they're going to be in majors. Knock on wood, right? So, um, it, it's all just—it's all just a lot of fun. But Matt, I don't need to tell you that you're—you're <laughs> you're a huge proponent of that already. So, a um, ton of fun, ton of fun watching these guys grow up uh, right before our eyes. But anyway, um, of course, we're going to be following along the action. Be sure, listeners, to follow us on all of our social media links as well as com as we post more and more updates, not only of college matches in those tournaments uh, in Australia and Auckland as well. We've got it all covered for you. Once again, Matt, want to thank you for hopping on with me. What do we tell our listeners? That's a break. All right, and we'll catch you guys next time.